0: In the book of Joshua, chapter number 6. Before we get started, I know everybody knows what an umbrella is. That's not new. The question that I have is, what is the purpose of an umbrella? Keep water off your head. Keep water off your head. That's it. Or the sun. Okay? Most of you have seen umbrellas like this before. You see the wires on the inside? They're kind of flimsy, right? y'all have umbrellas better than this, or is this the best they make? They make better than this. So this one is uh, at least 20 years old. It was in uh, a bu- bunch of camping stuff I found at Popo's house, and we hadn't camped in 20 years. So it's at least 20 years old, and, and the wire on it is flimsy. The handle is sticky. You push a button, and, and it expands. But the, the purpose of an umbrella is not to stop the rain. The Purpose of the umbrella is not to stop the sun from shining, It's not to stop the rain from falling. The purpose of the umbrella is to allow you to walk through it. It's not to stop the rain, it's to allow you to get from point A to point B through the rain. It's not to stop the sun from shining, it's for you to get from point A to point B without the sun getting down on you. It works the same way that faith does. It works the exact same way. Our faith does not stop problems in our life. Our faith does not stop God from working in us Patience. Our faith does not stop bad things from happening. It don't stop the rain from falling. Our faith allows us to walk through that rain. Our faith allows us to walk through those problems. I heard a quote a couple of years ago and I wrote it down. I have a book of quotes. And it said, Anything that God brings you to... God will bring you through. And this morning, I want to focus on that just for a minute. In Joshua's situation, he and the children of Israel found themselves in Joshua chapter 6. Now they have been, they have been raring to go. They have been whooping everybody that they come up to. They have been wearing them out. They have been taking over. They have been beating armies. They, they have got a name for themselves. And Jer- uh, Joshua and his people come up to Jericho. Verse number 1 of Joshua chapter 6. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. If only we as Christians, if only we as a church could be so strong with God that the devil would shut his gates and put his walls up because he was afraid of us. If only we were that powerful. You know the reason that Israel was that powerful? You know the reason that Israel whooped everybody? You know the reason that, that Israel just made their way through this this, this promised land? It's because they walked with God every step. It's because they obeyed God every step. And they came to Jericho, this big city, big walls, said they had houses built on the walls. These, these weren't like walls that we know of today. These walls were way out yonder thick. These walls took years to build. And Jericho had it all the way around so whenever they saw the children of Israel coming they said we're going to close this place up nobody's going to go in. None, went in none went out none came in and the Lord said unto Joshua see I have given it given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor he said Joshua you see this place you see this thing that you can't conquer You see this thing that that you can't do anything about. You come up and it is nothing like you have ever faced before. I don't believe there was another Jericho. I believe this was the only one. They had never seen walls like this. Through chapter 6, they emphasize how big the walls are. They emphasize how daunting of a task it is. And God said, Joshua, I'll give it to you. I believe that it took faith for Joshua to believe God at this point. But what happened next took more faith. Let's continue to read. God said, You shall compass the city, all you men of war. Go round about the city once, thou shalt do six days, and seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day you shall compass the city seven times, and the priest shall blow the trumpets. And it shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn and you shall hear the sound of the trumpet. All the people shout with a great shout. And all the wall of the city shall fall down flat. And the people shall ascend up. Every man straight before him. Most of you have seen collapsed buildings before. When I was in college, they imploded the dorm room right next to the one that I stayed in. And whenever they did that, they had to evacuate us out. We couldn't be there. But we sat up there on the train tracks up on the hill and we watched it. What they did is they set dynamite charges, whatever, inside this building. And whenever they exploded it, the building literally collapsed down in on itself. Now this building was it was big. It was maybe been the size of a Jericho wall. But whenever this building collapsed, there wasn't nothing flat about it. Once it fell over, once it fell in, now now there was nothing still structurally sound. But whenever it collapsed, it created a hill. (coughs) God said these walls are going to fall down flat. These walls that are homemade, these walls that are are people toted stone up there to build them, these walls that are made out of rocks, these walls that are essentially a mountain, I'm going to lay them down flat. If you will but obey me. Israel came to a point that they couldn't do anything about Jericho, but God could. reading in Daniel last night. There are several instances in Daniel. Daniel couldn't do anything about the decree that King Darius made. Daniel couldn't change it. Daniel couldn't stop it. Daniel didn't hide from it. Daniel came to a place that he could not change his circumstances. He would only be judged on the way that he reacted. And instead of hiding, instead of refusing to pray, it said that Daniel went to his window and he prayed for his city. He prayed to his God. He went anyway and prayed. Daniel couldn't change his circumstances. God got him to it. God got him through it. Joshua couldn't change his circumstances. I'm sure Joshua would have loved to walk up on somebody with a bamboo fence around their city. That would have made it real easy to conquer. Walk up on a a city that didn't have a wall around it at all. That wasn't the cast, the task that God gave him. That wasn't the opportunity that God gave him. Verse number 12. Joshua outlined God's plan to the people. In verse number 12, it said that Joshua rose early. And we've studied those two words on Wednesday nights before. We understand that several times in the Bible. That whenever God's men was faced with difficult tasks whenever they were faced with difficult commands with God whenever Abraham was told to offer Isaac they rose up early I believe that Joshua was excited to see what God could do I believe that Joshua was excited to show the people what God could do do you believe that all the children of Israel had the faith that Joshua had I cannot I cannot no but even in a church we understand that some people have more faith than others some people have more patience <coughs> there are spiritual gifts and there are there are levels of faith and I believe that, the, that not everybody in Israel had the faith of Joshua and I believe Joshua rose up early <coughs> so that everybody could see the God that he saw. Everybody got there early so that... Joshua got there early so that everybody could see the God that he served, the God that had brought them to this point, the God that was going to carry them through. Jump over to verse number 20. (coughs) So the people shouted when the priest blew the trumpet. It came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet. The people shouted with a great shout. The wall fell down flat. <clears throat> joshua walking up to that city and obeying god did not it didn't make the wall not exist if that if that makes sense joshua obeying god did not remove the wall from existence the wall was still there and whenever joshua walked into that city i believe he walked over the top of the wall the wall was down flat right So when Joshua walked in, he walked over the wall. He stepped over the wall. Just because the umbrella is there, it does not mean the rain stops. It allows us to go through it. Our faith does not mean that God is going to make the walls disappear. That God is going to solve all the problems just because we say, God, solve all the problems. It's not going to happen that way. Sometimes we have to believe that God can lay those problems down flat, we can just walk over them. We have to carry our faith like an umbrella. Go to Hebrews chapter number eleven, if you would keep the Bibles open. We're going to do a little bit of flip-flopping this morning. Book of Hebrews chapter eleven. The Sunday school lesson next week touches on this. In just a minute. We want to look at it from a little bit point, of, a little bit different point of view. The obedience of Joshua did not only save Joshua. The obedience of Joshua did not only allow Joshua to go into this city. The obedience of Joshua affected everyone around him. If at any point in your time, in your life you believe that your decisions only affect yourself, you're wrong. If you believe that your faith only affects you, you're wrong. My faith affects you. Your faith affects me. Our faith affects this church. Your faith affects your family. We understand that people are creatures of habit. And it's always been said that Mimicry is the most sincere form of gratitude, especially about kids. Kids want to mock everything. Kids want to mimic everything. Whatever you say, they say. Whatever you do, they do. That's how it works. However strong your faith, they see that in you. However strong my faith, they see that in us. Joshua's faith affected everyone. The people who shouted, Their faith affected everyone. Their obedience affected everyone. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 7, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen, as yet moved with fear, prepared an ark. Here we go. To the saving of his house. I have no idea of the three sons and the three daughter-in-laws and the wife that Noah had. I don't know how many of them were faithful to God. I don't know exactly where they stood whenever Noah said, get on this ark. I don't know. We read a little bit about their life after the ark. But before the ark, we don't know a lot about them. But Noah's faith saved them. Noah's faith saved their life, whether they believed in God or not. Whether they had the faith of Noah or not. Noah's faith affected change in their life. And they had nothing to do with it. We pray for people all the time. That they would come to know God. Knowing that we can't save them, but our faith can change them. Our faith can shake them, our faith can rattle them, our faith can wake them up. Our faith can show them God like Noah's did to the saving of his family by which he condemned the world became the heir of righteousness which is by faith 1st Timothy chapter number 4 verse number 16 1st Timothy chapter 4 verse 16 Paul is writing to Timothy he says take heed take heed unto thyself And unto the doctrine. He said, pay attention, Timothy. You're not only fighting for yourself. You're not only working for yourself. You're not only preaching for yourself. He said, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, read this, for in doing this, thou shalt save both thyself and them that hear thee. Paul said, Timothy, your faith is going to affect change on a lot of people. Your obedience to God is going to affect change on a lot of people. Your obedience, your sincerity, your patience, your strength, your love, your kindness, your faith in God is going to change people's lives. I had been to a whole lot of concerts in my life. I don't really like them a whole lot. Big, huge crowds of people just make me nervous. When we went to the the CMA Awards in Tennessee When I was a junior in high school when with my uncle and their family up there And we got in this big I don't know, it looked like a football stadium And we was way up high I mean, you turn around and instead of seeing people You just see over the edge That's where we were Way up, yonder And Reba come on stage You can see her hair from way up, yonder You, you knew that was her and I don't remember exactly which song she was singing. I don't know what the name of it was. But it was uh, <coughs> the Christian song. Uh, <coughs> if you hadn't asked me, I'd have told you the name of it. Got to give this world back to God. She stood up she started singing that song. And as soon as she started singing this song, you saw on the other side of the football stadium, there was some people started holding up their phones with their flashlights. For those of you from the 70s and 80s, it was lighters back then. You know how many people started that? There had to be a first. There had to be a first person to hold up that flashlight. How long did it take for the whole stadium to fill up with cell phone flashlights? And you had a few older people down at the bottom, they were still holding up the lighters. Just a second. All of a sudden, everybody was holding up lighters. Everybody was holding up flashlights. That one person, that one flashlight, that one individual, affected change on that whole stadium. Our faith is just that contagious if we'll let it be. Our faith is just that contagious. But you know what the problem is? The problem is we have an enemy. Joshua overcame, overcame this enemy because of faith. Daniel overcame this enemy because of faith. Paul overcame this enemy because of faith. And today, it comes down to us. Anybody ever tried to walk, hold an umbrella through, 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 through the wind and the rain? You hold an umbrella over your head through the wind, are you still going to get wet? Why? that rain is coming at you from every which direction. Not just from up yonder. But that rain is I heard a guy say one time, he said that wind was whooping so hard, the rain was falling sideways. Y'all have seen that sideways rain. It's not coming this way, it's going this way. And whenever that rain it turns horizontal and that wind's blowing pretty good, you're not gonna hold that umbrella there. My wife has a real had a really good umbrella. Said LSU on it. <laughs> yeah, she chose it, I didn't. Said LSU on it, I mean it was heavy duty. You could near about jump off a roof with that umbrella and you'd marry Poppins your way to the ground. I didn't try it, but it was that strong. I mean, it was a tough umbrella. But whenever the wind started blowing sideways and she'd hold that umbrella sideways, then rain would hit her from the top. And she'd hold that umbrella up and the rain would hit her from the side. Umbrella don't protect us all over from everything faith does. Unless we have weak faith. Y'all have seen the movies where the wind turns the umbrellas inside out, haven't you? Just turn them inside out. And they don't work no more. When our faith gets turned inside out, when the wind starts to blow, when the rain starts to fall sideways, whenever the enemy starts to attack us, if our faith is not strong enough to hold, we'll turn that umbrella inside out and we'll get wet down to the bones. And it don't take much. It don't take much to weaken our faith. Heard a guy say one time, whenever you're they were talking about sieges and castles and, and all that back in the medieval time. He said, whenever you were attacking a castle, you didn't go at the front gate because the front gate was the place that they armed up the most. He said, You go find the weakest spot of the castle and you attack there, you know Satan does the same exact thing. He attacked Jesus using three things. Lust of the lust of the flesh, pride of life. You know Satan attacks us using those same three things. The lust of the flesh, what is it you desire? What is it that you want? What is it that you, you absolutely have to have? Then Satan will say, okay, let's put this between you and God. Let's put this between you and Him. Whether it's a hobby, whether it's a sport, whether it's a cell phone, whether it's a dirt diver flying around the church. What is He going to be able to put between us and God to weaken our faith? To make us just a little bit less stable? Second thing is the lust of the eyes. (laughs) What is He going to show us to distract us from God? I've told you before that most of the time whenever you're fishing, you throw something that's shiny. You show something that that glitters, something that glows, something that moves. matter of fact, when I was in high school, we had glow-in-the-dark, a tub of glow-in-the-dark liquid. Then we would dip those rattle traps in and we'd fish at night and we'd wear them out. Because it glowed, because it glittered, because it caught the fish's eye. The devil is going to show us glitter. The devil is going to show us stuff that glows. He's going to show us anything and everything to try to get between us and God. Because if he does that, he has weakened our faith to the point that it becomes ineffective. If Joshua had said, no, God, we're going to hang out here a little while. We're going to get ourselves right. What, what, what does people say today? We're gonna take, I'm going to take care of me. If Joshua had said, God, I'm going to take care of me, I'll get to you later, you know what Jericho would have been? Jericho would probably still be there. If Joshua would have said, God, I'm going to take care of me today. I'm going to do a little self-care. God, I need I need, ther- I need a therapist to try to figure out what's right and what's wrong. God, I need to go run this by somebody else. God, I'm, I'm just not sure that I can trust this coming from you. God, I, I, I've never seen you in person. I'm just not sure how real you are. If Joshua had questioned himself the way people question God today, Jericho would still be there. Daniel wouldn't have made it out of the lion's then. There would have been three puffs of smoke after the Hebrew children got through into the fire if they had faith as weak as we have today. Nowhere else in the world, nowhere else on the planet, are there as many Bibles as there is in America today. Nowhere. Nowhere else in the world are there as many Bibles as there is in America. Nowhere else in the world are there as many Christian schools as there is in America. Nowhere else in the world are there as many Christian churches, our seminaries, our colleges, our Christian bookstores as there is in America. We outnumber every other country in the world four to one on Christian resources. That's combining everybody else together versus the United States. We outnumber everyone else four to one. Tell me if you think America is a Christian country. as we become more and more and more and more and and, and have more resources and more access to this and access to that, in the last 50 years, has America become more or less Christian? It's definitely not more. I hadn't been alive but half of that, but in my lifetime, it hadn't been more. It hadn't. Why is that? We have access to more Yet we are less Christian. But Brad O'Neill came back from Kenya and Brother Brandon Hartfield, and I don't remember which one it was. They they said one of the biggest blessings to them was how revered God was over there. He said people didn't talk about God like it was nothing. People didn't use God's name in vain. He's not talking about just cussing. He's talking about using God without the reverence and the fear that God deserved. He said people didn't throw away their Bibles. He said it was the most sacred item in the home. Period. People didn't forget them. People didn't rip them, tear them, let dust settle on them. He said it didn't happen. Where is our faith today? I believe with all of my heart that each every individual on this on this earth today is capable of the same faith as Joshua. I believe that we are all capable of the same faith as Joshua. I don't believe that Joshua was an extraordinary human being. I think he had extraordinary faith. And if we are all capable of the same faith as Joshua, then what has gone wrong? John chapter number 14. <coughs> Jesus said, and I'm going to try to quote it. This other scripture. Well, let's go ahead and read it. John 15, first. John 15, verse number eight. He said, "Herein my Father glorify that you bear much fruit; so shall ye be my disciples." How do we bear fruit through faith through obedience? John chapter 14, verse number 15. He said, "If you love me, keep my commandments." Jesus said, "If you're going to be my disciple, you have to do three things." You have to deny yourself. You have to take up your cross. You have to follow me. All of those. In this one verse, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Do what I said. Follow my leadership. Follow my guidance. The hardest thing for man to do is to get past them three. Those three hurdles that Satan throws at us. Those three same, those same three temptations. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. And we're not going to get on pride today. We'll be here till tonight. One of the hardest things for us as individuals to overcome is pride. in if that gets between us and God, it's the greatest sin that we can commit. It becomes an idol. It becomes an idol. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. What does that mean? If you flip that over? That means if you don't keep my commandments, you don't love me. Right? If you love me, you keep my commandments. If you don't keep my commandments, that means... So at this point, we either love Jesus or we don't. We either obey Jesus or we don't. We either follow Jesus or we don't. We either deny ourselves or we don't. We either take up our cross or we don't. There is no middle of the road with being a Christian. There is no part time. There is no sometimes. There is no almost. Had Joshua marched around that city six times and not went the seventh, would the walls have fallen? No. Had Joshua only marched around it once and not all them times, would it have fallen? If they had decided the ark was too heavy, we're just going to walk around it, we're going to leave the ark sitting over here, would the walls have fallen? Joshua obeyed God to a T. Naaman went and washed in Jordan, that dirty old river. If he'd have come up six times. And he said, this ain't working. He'd have left and he'd have died a leper. He came up that seventh time clean. In the New Testament, we read of a man who desired to see Christ. He wanted so bad to see Christ he couldn't walk. See, they had to pause. He wanted to see God. He uh, wanted to see Jesus. So these friends around him. These four men got and took the roof off of a house and led him down through the roof so that he could see Jesus. This man got to Christ because of the faith of others. Joshua conquered Jericho. The children of Israel conquered Jericho because of Joshua. The man with the palsy got to Jesus because of those around him. Noah saved his family because of his faith. We can change the world. But it starts with our faith. It starts with my faith. We can change our families. But it starts with our faith. It starts with me. It starts here. It starts now. And we're either all in or we're not. We're either far God or we're not. We're either trusting in Jesus or we're not. It's it's all or nothing. There's there's no part-time, there's no almost. You're either a saved person or you're not. This morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, Revelation says that death and hell was cast into a lake of fire. And every name that was not found written in the book of life, every person who was not written in that book, every person who rejected Jesus Christ on this earth, Every individual, every single one of them. And this morning, that will be you. The cast into that lake of fire. If you die and you leave this world without Jesus, there's no almost. There's no a little bit of faith. There's no sometimes faith. There's no part of the way. There's there's no, I'm going to get there eventually. It's all or nothing. This morning, Brother Dean said in Sunday school lesson, he said so many people try to work their way. There's no working. People try to pray their way. If, if we could do it, it would be easy. If I could save you, you'd be saved. But we can't do it. Jesus can't. Through faith and trust in Him, we can be saved. Through faith and trust in Him, today your life can change. But it's got to be all the faith. It can't be some of the faith. Bailey loves Mountain Dew. It's a terrible, awful habit. So a couple of weeks ago, Brother Grayson gave me one of 20 ounce and I drank about half of it that particular day, and I, I put it in my truck. I got home, I got it out, and I stuck it in the refrigerator, and I forgot about it. So I found it last night. I say last night, yesterday afternoon, 4 or 5 o'clock. Bailey just got up from a nap. Was sitting there eating Oreo cookies, trying to spoil our supper. And I opened up the refrigerator, and there it is. A half a 20-ounce of Mountain Dew. And I'm sitting here thinking, oh, my goodness, all I've had is sweet tea the last two weeks. Hadn't had a soft drink in a minute. So I said, here we go. We're going we're gonna to take care of this. Bailey said, I want some. I said, okay. I love Bailey. I love her with everything I have. But I wasn't giving her all of my Mountain Dew. I let her have a swig, and then I take me a swig. And I let her have a swig, and I take a swig.
1: And I let her have
0: a swig, and then I drink the rest of it, and then she'd get upset because it was all gone because she loved it. But if we're going to give our life to God, if you're going to give your heart to God, it has to be all of it. You can't keep a little bit back from me. You can't say, I'm going to serve God, but I'm still going to do what I want to do. I'm going to serve God, but I'm still going to choose this particular sin because I really like it I'm attached to it. I'm going to serve God, but there is no but. It's yes or no. It's all or nothing. It's heaven or hell. Your faith can change lives, but it begins with faith in Jesus. And that's to change your life first. I'll ask for a verse of a song have a verse of-